0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
0: plus. Recorded live.
1: Hey, guys. This is Tiffany from TiffanyRowan.com, and you're listening to our Ozark Diamond Team Conditions Call on Autism. Tonight's call is on the notes I took at Dr. Sonia O'Donnell McGowan's presentation, which was in Perryville, Missouri, January 2015. If you would like to view and print out the slides of her presentation, which she gave us permission to share, go to tiffanyrowan.com, click on the Autism Navigation tab, scroll down to 2015, and click on National treatments for autism, excuse me, natural treatments for autism. Okay, and for you guys, I've collected other valuable information in reversing autism on the autism tab of my website. So after this call, if you guys want to review some other things, there's lots of valuable information there on that page for you. For me, myself, I became passionate, passionate, And helping children with autism after I helped my own two vaccine-damaged children reverse most of their vaccine injuries. While my children do not have autism, they have some of the behaviors of autism. And while you or your loved one may not have autism, you may share some of the same behaviors and symptoms that these kids with autism have. And by
0: the way, Alzheimer's is adult autism.
1: So, I have more from, um, I have learned more from autism about human physiology than from anywhere else. I'm grateful to the families who have let me into their intimate lives because I learned so much what makes, and this makes me a better teacher. Um, While I will follow Dr. McGowan's slides through most of tonight, um, I'll be supplementing some information. Uh, But I think you, the listener, needs to fully understand to help you understand what Dr. McGowan wanted us to know whenever she presented in Perryville. Okay, so if you guys will open up page one of her slides. Uh,
0: Dr. McGowan is located in Jefferson City, Missouri. She is a chiropractor and a
1: Dan doctor. What does Dan stand for? It means defeat autism now. She gave a really cool story about wanting to assist her son and learn more. Now, her son does not have autism, but he also has many traits of autism. And in order to be able to help her son, she went to school to become a Dan doctor, and now she specializes in treating kids who are on the spectrum. Okay, so what is autism? We're basically just going to scan over page one here. In the top of page two so I'm not really going to follow
0: this left
1: to right and then down pattern which is the direction that these slides go we will go left right down um, she did not cover these slides because most of the parents in Perryville already had kids with autism so they know what it is uh, a lot of people who are going to be listening to this call in the archives will have children with autism so they already know what it is. But um, this uh, first column, second row, talks about echolalia. The word echo right there is the key word. Um, They will literally repeat the last thing that you say. So if you ask them if they want milk or water when you're about to give them a drink before bed, water is the last thing that you said, and so they will echo that. so, they're not really listening to you for meaning and content. They're just repeating the last thing that you said. That's what epilolia means. Okay. The next two slides refer to eye contact. You hear a lot of parents um, breastfeeding moms who say that the baby doesn't make eye contact. So, we have a lot of um, stimulation and sensory issues going on there. Now, as you can begin to get to know children who have reversed autism, they will tell you why they cannot make eye contact.
0: Have you guys ever seen a picture of the view that a fly sees? A
1: fly can literally see like a thousand of you at the same time. Well, imagine a child with autism who sees two pair of eyes times 1,000 times. It is way too much stimulus. And to avoid that stimulus and the pain that it causes, they will look away. Um, It's totally fun that after these kids begin speaking and they're making sense and they start to tell you what's going on inside of their bodies um, helps us to explain a lot of why they act the way they do. For example, my own son, One of the behaviors that he imitated of autistic children is that he would bang his head. Now, some of these kids will bang their arms. Well, most of them will bang their head. And as their speech returns, they will tell you that the inside of their body hurts so badly that they're trying to distract their inner pain with outward pain. Now, a lot of these kids, and not everybody on the spectrum, acts the same way. So you're not going to see the same behaviors in all these children. Let's put it this way. All these children are not going to have the same behaviors. So they will tell you they're trying to relieve the inner pain by causing outward pain. But some of these kids don't even have a sensation of pain. So they can injure themselves and not experience a degree of pain or any pain at all when they do these things. Now my son banged his head on the wood armrest of our couch
0: for two years straight. Now, as a mother, that's horrifying to watch. Another reason why I'm just so passionate about helping kids with autism.
1: Okay, one girl explained it, that it felt like ants were crawling on her nervous system. Now, can you imagine spurts of that throughout the day
0: and all day long where you're literally itching and crawling on the inside? Um, Let's move on. Okay, the
1: bottom two slides of page one talk about the difficulty they have in social relationships. Um, These kids don't really play together. If you put them in a play group, they like somebody kind of be in the room and they'll watch them and they may mimic what another child is doing, but they're not interacting. These kids do not interact with other people,
0: they are in their own world.
1: Um, and they do not like change whatsoever. They like to have the same schedule, the same person. It's very hard, excuse me, on a parent to try to go on a vacation or just on a weekend getaway with their spouse because these kids cannot handle a new babysitter or even grandma and grandpa coming in. They have to have
0: the same routine over and over or they totally have a meltdown. Okay, we are now on page two. The last slide of what is autism, second column, top right. drink some water here. Thank you. Okay, the responses to sensory stimuli. Now, a lot of this I'm filling in for you guys. Um, When you go to my article on the autism page, which let me go look at it right now so I can tell you the name of it. There is a chart, a graphic that shows what the Hang on, I can't type and talk at the same time. What the vagal nerve innervates? Let me see what year I wrote this article. Okay, so this is in the 2013 notes. And
1: it begins with me, Tiffany Rowan, a massage therapist. Um, When you click on that, it shows you an image of what the vagal nerve innervates. When this vagal nerve is injured, it will literally affect every nerve, every muscle that is innervated by this cranial nerve. The vagal nerve is one of the twelve cranial nerves. So it innervates the ears. So these kids can have auditory sensory issues. It innervates the eyes. So as we've talked about earlier, they don't, they can't handle the extra stimuli, so they look away. Uh, it innervates the nose and the lungs. So these kids can have chronic respiratory infections. They
0: can have asthma. Um, it innervates the tongue and then the roof of the mouth.
1: So these kids may not want to chew or swallow at all. Now, because these kids also have gut issues, you may have seen some of these children, they'll hold the food in their mouth and they'll suck on it. And they'll swallow the juices from what they're sucking on, but then they spit out the bulk of the food. This is actually a good thing because what they're doing is using the digestive juices in their saliva to break that down, to get the nutrition out of it. And then right there in your gums and under the tongue is direct access into the bloodstream. Now, is that cool or what? Because if you're going to digest food, it has to go through the intestines, through the holes in the intestines to the bloodstream. Now, why don't they just skip the painful digestive problem of food going through their intestines and just suck the nutrition out of it anyway? and have her enter the bloodstream under the tongue. Now, that's just natural. They just naturally do that. So, if these kids have sensory issues with different types of textures in their mouth, they may avoid it altogether, or they may just suck on it and get the nutrition out of it. As you look at this nerve, it also innervates the throat. Some of these kids have a hard time swallowing. Um, The chest, as we talked about the um, lungs, respiratory system, and then the nerve goes all the way down into the gut where we have digestive and elimination issues with these kids. So that last slide where it talks about sensitivity for hearing, seeing, um, sensitivity to light, and self-stimulating behaviors. Um, Look at that nerve, guys. Read that article. Um, I learned this from Dr. Young, how to use the Regenolone cream from Young Living to regenerate that nerve.
0: We can literally heal that nerve. Okay. So let's move on to some of these characteristics that
1: uh, Dr. McGowan sees in autism. We're now on
0: page two, second column, and then the right-hand slide. So she sees a lot of skin issues.
1: She says that um, a lot of kids on the spectrum who have PDD and NOS, uh, the precursor is eczema. If you see eczema, you may later see that they have asthma, allergies, and PDD. Now, she didn't ever describe what PDD is, and I've actually never heard of that, and I've been working with autistic kids for three years now. Okay, a lot of these kids will have bumps, these little red bumps on the back side of their arm, the upper arm. Uh, These kids um, have chronic diaper rashes whenever they were younger. Their skin can
0: crack and bleed a lot. So she wanted to reiterate that the skin is a reflection of the gut health. Okay, next slide. These kids have digestive problems. So you'll see reflux,
1: bad breath, anywhere from constipation or diarrhea or constipation and diarrhea. Um, They have a lot of belly aches. Of course, there's a lot of inflammation. You may see that these kids have a Buddha belly. So that is uh, inflammation there. There's a lot of histamine going on in these kids. Uh, Some gallbladder issues too for those belly aches. Dysbiosis. Um, this is a disruption in the balance of flora. Uh, We know that a ton, just about 100% of all these kids have gut issues. So there's always an upset of digestive enzymes. There's an upset of uh, the good bacteria that's in
0: there. And of course, then this causes the leaky gut syndrome. So those really tight
1: mesh junctions that holds the large intestine together, um, they're supposed to be tightly knit together. And in leaky gut syndrome, you start to get a loose elasticity of that. And that's what causes the contents of the intestines, this undigested food, to now leak through into the body, into the cavity of the body. Um, this is now develops into an autoimmune situation. Um, because of course, we're not supposed to have poop in the cavity of our body. The last slide on this page. You see a lot of food allergies and sensitivities with these kids. Um, Gluten, which is a wheat protein. Casein is a milk protein. Uh, Glutamate and aspartate. These are excitatory neurotoxins. That literally means that it excites the brain cell to death. So we all know that all of us are supposed to be off hybridized wheat um, because of the excess number of chromosomes in it. It has been hybridized over 10,000 times. That doesn't mean that they took the original and then hybridized it 10,000 times. That means they took the copy of the original, hybridized it, took that copy, we're now getting further away from the original, hybridized it. the second, and third, fourth, fifth copy, hybridized it. So we're getting further and further away from wheat, and it's not even wheat anymore. It is a toxin. It causes inflammation in the gut and all kinds of problems like schizophrenia. Okay, so she noticed that if you take kids off of gluten, that it's going to take several weeks for that to go through the body where it's completely out. Uh, So she says take the kids off of milk first because it only takes about a week and then watch some of the behaviors reverse and then you can trace those behaviors to milk. Then once they're off of milk for a week, then you can take them off of wheat and then wait six to eight weeks later, excuse me, six to 12
0: weeks later and watch behaviors, which behaviors change because We've now got these toxins out of them. Okay, page three. We're still looking at common characteristics that Dr. McGowan sees in autism.
1: These behaviors, self-stemming, that's when a child, like, flaps their arms. They may tap the table, um, tap their foot on something. Anything that is rhythmic, is a self stem um, this is caused by a backup of ammonia I learned something brand new this time. I was like, Wow, we actually know what the cause of that is. Um, these kids can't break down protein, and when that happens, then they get a backup of ammonia, which we'll talk about a little bit later on okay s i b in that slide stands for self. Injury behaviors. These kids have poor sleep, as you can imagine. Very picky eaters. They have poop issues, so they like to um, soil themselves and then they like to smear it around. Bedwetting issues. Now, we can learn a lot from this call whether we have autism or not. And bedwetting, she says, is actually caused from the casein that's in milk. So she, as a chiropractor, will actually work on lower lumbar issues for this. And guess what? I have a five-year-old who does not have autism. And we have removed that milk in the last week. And I'm watching it. I don't have any control of what she does at her dad's house. But I'm going to be watching that to see if that's milk that's actually causing my particular child to wet the bed still at night.
0: Okay, top right slide. Um, she's always looking at the biomedical profiles.
1: Um, actually, liked hearing that word over and over and over when I (laughs) attended this presentation. But I also like the science side of everything. Okay, EFA in that slide stands for Essential Fatty Acids. And you guys don't have to worry about not being able to take notes fast enough because this call is being recorded. So they have a problem with fat absorption. So we need to supplement them with fatty acids. Um, You can get this through whole milk, butter, coconut oil, avocado oil, and olive oil. These kids are low in zinc and other minerals. Uh, By the way, um, I always have my autistic clients take mineral essence. Um, Tastes nasty, but we just put it on topically. So when you squeeze up that bottle of mineral essence, the eyedropper, it only squeezes up about a half dropper worth of mineral essence anyway. So I take that dropper and I put half of it on one leg and I put the other half on the other leg. Uh, One of my children actually likes it on her chest. I need minerals and I put it on my chest, which is interesting because the area of skin where I put it on Is
0: actually softer and supple skin than the rest of my body. Um, Okay, so it's this lack
1: of minerals that's causing the, uh, the lips to crack
0: and it's causing the
1: bumps on the arms. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so these kids have impaired methylation and sulfation. This is your detoxification systems in the body. Whenever you cannot detoxify, You'll see the kids start to have those self-stemming actions again, which we said was an accumulation of ammonia. They start acting hyperactive. Some of them may have mania. Others have anxiety. Others have the poor sleep issues. Um, they take forever to go to sleep. They may get up several times in the middle of the night. They have short hours of sleep. You know, they may get up early in the morning and then want to go all day long without sleeping. She said 40% of these kids have adrenal fatigue. This totally fascinated me. So, you would think that these kids can't sleep and that you would want to give them peace and calming or lavender, don't you?
0: No. The adrenals are wiped out zero, depleted. They can't function. So,
1: if you give them nutmeg, which she put on the kidney area on their back, at night, then it gave the adrenals the energy that
0: it needed to do their job so that the body could relax and go to sleep, That so that was brilliant.
1: Hey, okay, she said you have to be careful about high carbs with these kids who have uh,
0: adrenal fatigue. Um, I'm look over my notes because I was writing in the margins too. I don't want to miss anything. If a child has itching on their skin, she just uses coconut oil. A lot of
1: my autistic clients love how coconut oil really comforts the nervous system. And I remember what we talked about before. When these kids begin talking again, they start telling us what the inside of their body feels like. So, if the nerves aren't able to send correct communications, if they can't fling, kind of think of it as ball players, baseball players, there is a gap between baseball players, isn't there? The home baseman has got to throw the baseball, which is the message, to the first baseman.
0: Um, first base, second, second, the third, third, and home. If we think of that whole square,
1: there is a gap between ball players, isn't there? This gap between nerves is called a synapse. And it's this gap where messages fly. They're literally thrown, messages are thrown from one cell to another cell. So if there's any petrochemicals, metals, anything in that gap, it prevents the message from flying to the next cell. So these kids are feeling that agitation all of the time. And coconut oil
0: is very soothing to the nervous system. Okay, so our middle row, the
1: left slide, we talked about how we see increased ammonia in these kids, their inability to detoxify, particularly heavily metals. Um, you guys can look at Dr. Perser's slides from his Thrive event that he did in Nashville, Tennessee in February of 2015. And it talks a lot about the body's methylization process, detoxifying, how the body needs glutathione to do
0: that. Um, so if you want additional information, you can find those slides. A. Hey,
1: um next thing listed on here is that they do have little glutathione. AOX, right there on that line, stands for antioxidant. Glutathione is actually synthesized in the liver. We're seeing a lot of liver impairments with these kids. So if they're not able to synthesize glutathione, then the body doesn't have what it needs in order to detoxify metals. Now remember, when Heavenly Father created the body, it was never, ever intended to intake metals. Since it was not intended to t- intake metals, it doesn't have a system in place to eliminate metals. Okay, it has a detoxification process, but it was not intended to use that process for metals. So. We also see decreased levels of serotonin, dopamine, and melatonin in these kids. They have unstable blood sugar levels. And if you slide over to the slide on the right, uh, um, in her case, she sees that a lot of the behavioral problems that are in these kids are because they have hypoglycemia. And that totally makes sense to me. I have hypoglycemia, and I have behavior problems. (laughs) My blood sugar is low. Um, A lot of these kids have literally nightmares. And when I interviewed Dr. Ann Blake Tracy, um, actually we were speaking on the phone as friends before we actually began the call, and she was telling me about a dream that she had. And I was like, wow, I wish I had good dreams. I always have nightmares. And she said, well, what kind of dreams do you have? I said, well, I have the shoot-a-month kind. I have the kind where you're like running from the bad guy, hopping over fences, and you keep running through the neighborhood, jumping over your neighbor's fences trying to escape. And she says, you have hypoglycemia, don't you? I was like, wow, how do you know that? And she goes, because you have bad dreams. Wow. (laughs) Blood sugar issues causing nightmares. Wow. And then sure enough, on the night, that I take, or on those days that I'm doing better on my protein and less junk food sugars, I don't have bad dreams, guys. So this is fascinating to me here that that she sees so much hypoglycemia in these kids.
0: Okay, so a lot of ADHD, ADD um, is low blood sugar issue. Okay, now, we're going to learn, while we're still in hypoglycemia, there's going to be a slide on another
1: page, on page 5, that talks about if a child is hypoglycemic, you do not give them alpha lipoic acid. So if you do see Dr. Persher's slides and he talks about alpha lipoic acid, do not give those to kids who have hypoglycemia. She also said that hypoglycemia in autistic kids goes undiagnosed because the doctor wants to avoid charging you for a test that if the test determines that you have last hypoglycemia, the only thing to cure that is the way that you change your diet. So all you have to do is change your diet anyway to see if the behavior problems go away and that would have been the result of the test that he was going to charge you for anyway.
0: So a lot of these kids are undiagnosed in hypoglycemia. Okay, bottom left slide. I have no
1: idea how to pronounce that word. K-Y-U-R-E-N-I-C. Chyrenic acid is the good stuff. And the quinolinic acid is the bad stuff. Um, So the quinolinic acid is a metabolic product of serotonin breakdown. So when serotonin breaks down into quinolinic acid, it then causes an accumulation of glutamate. So that's why it's a bad acid. Um, It is a potent neurotoxin, neural meaning brain, It uh, hinders the function of nerves and the exact opposite happens with our chirurinic acid because it is a brain
0: protectant, a neuroprotectant. Sliding to the right, the differences in neurotransmitters.
1: So the neurotransmitter serotonin. Serotonin is derived from tryptophan. It mediates gut movements. That basically means peristalsis. So, if you are taking any gut um, prescriptions that are intended to maybe soothe nausea, things like that, it can actually slow down um, those muscle contractions. But guess what? The heart is a muscle too. So, if you're taking anything to inhibit, things that will, and it's actually just a side effect, it wasn't intended for that. But an anti-nausea thing that affects and has a side effect on serotonin is going to affect the peristalsis, the muscle contractions in the gut,
0: and also the muscle contractions of the heart. Bam. That's something I added. I added in there for you. Okay. Serotonin is involved in the perceptions of social situations.
1: Low levels of serotonin can lead to OCD, depression, and anxiety, and also obsessive-compulsive behavior. Again, we're recording this. So if you're not able to write notes fast enough, you can go back and listen to the replay and
0: pause it. So let's go to page four. This call is roughly going to be 90 minutes tonight. Got lots of good stuff in here from Dr. McGowan. Okay, I'm looking at my notes in the side margin here. So I'm going to insert this now. She gets her supplements from Standard Process. And she says
1: if anybody has had their gallbladder removed, that standard process makes a product called
0: CHOLACOL. And that replaces the bile salts that are needed. Okay, so talk left slide. We're still on neurotransmitters.
1: This time we're talking about dopamine. Now, she doesn't want. Anybody to tell the outside world this, but she said dopamine. Problems with dopamine is basically childhood schizophrenia. Dopamine has an effect on the immune system. It affects behaviors associated with ADHD and schizophrenia. Causes restless leg syndrome. It affects motor control, so our large muscle groups. Affects arousal, so this is why these kids can't sit still on a desk.
0: I don't think kids should have to sit still on a desk anyway. It can cause um, depression. Now, on the
1: top right slide, it says pieces of a puzzle. You see a chart there. If you will go back to the original website page where I uploaded all of these slides for you,
0: I actually included a larger image of this slide right here. Let me give me a chance to click on that. And go over it together. So the first question mark, top left of this.
1: This is where there is a wounding event, and that's what she chose to call it. Something happened to these children. Now, if you talk to autistic parents, they will tell you there's not a cure. I mean, my kid's not sick. they are not cured. I'm not going to cure my child. But they will tell you that their child is injured and that they can recover from an injury in the same way that we can recover from a broken bone. Okay? Well, Dr. McGowan called this a wounding event. So it could be a virus, she said. Strep throat, or she said like a wounding event, like vaccine. So what is the cascading effect of this now? If you slide to the right, we'll see that that detoxification process is impaired. The methylation—I always say methation, methylation. It's not methylation, methylation. Excuse me, and sulfation. So what happens if? You're not able to detoxify correctly.
0: Well, you have an inability
1: to be able to get the metals out. What happens when you can't get the metals out? You have an autoimmune situation. Body starts to attack itself. Now, remember, these kids have an impaired detoxification process. So if they're already born impaired in day one, let's kind of go back to petrochemical weight loss, what we learn, which is... We take in, in one day, more toxins than our grandparents did in a lifetime. So I call that a lifetime of accumulation. So today, we're accumulating a lifetime worth of toxins. Yesterday, a lifetime worth of of toxins. The day before that, a lifetime of, of toxins. Now we're in February. So let's go back to January a lifetime of toxification times 31 days. Let's go back to December. Lifetime times 31 days. All of 2014, all of 2013, can you see how we're getting a body burden of toxins? And there's a need to get it out. So if these kids have an impairment system to where they can't even get out today's toxins, you can see how bad their situation is
0: how it gets from worse to worse to worse every day that goes on further in their lives. Okay.
1: So let's go back up to the top where we started with impaired methylation sulfation. When you slide to the right, it says that they have inadequate levels of glutathione. So what is glutathione? It is our master antioxidant.
0: Antioxidants
1: fight free radicals. Um, This also helps with the methylation process, the detoxification process. And if they're having inadequate levels of zinc and fat absorption, then we slide down and we see that the altered effects of this is that there's proteins. Whenever there's um, problems with the proteins, we see that the gut, the intestinal lining starts to degenerate.
0: We see that as we
1: go bottom left, but if we go top right, we see that there's a problem with excess ammonia, and that's where we see the self stimulating behaviors, where they start flapping. Anything rhythmic, they just start flapping. Uh, If there's an excess of ammonia, there's going to be problems with yeast and bacteria. Whenever your good bacteria levels are really low or completely depleted, um, you're going to have some. Some of those runny foods kind of appears like diarrhea even though these kids could be constipated for weeks. It just doesn't
0: make any sense. Okay. If you go back to the center where there is degeneration of the intestinal
1: lining, that's when we talked about the strong mitts. Whenever they start to get gaps and holes in them, then you can see that we start to develop leaky gut syndrome. Um, Whenever this happens, of course, we go back to autoimmune again. You're not supposed to have that foreign material in the cavity of the body. So the body starts to want to identify it. Um, Once the body starts identifying itself and attacking itself, that's when we get these autoimmune behaviors. By the way, I'm going to add my little input here. Um, Dr. Prolmeter. Who wrote Grain Brain? Discusses that the wheat and the gluten that we are intaking is causing leaky gut of the brain. So we have what's a blood-brain barrier, and it is supposed to keep large molecules and dangerous toxins, dangerous molecules out. Very tight knit barrier there. So when you start to get holes in that blood-brain barrier, you create a a leaky gut in the brain, the equivalent of a leaky brain. So a lot of foreign material now can get through that blood-brain barrier and cause damage to the brain.
0: Okay, so going back to page four, we're on our middle row now. Okay, so what do we do about these issues?
1: So she's going to go on to some diet and therapies, and then we're later going to lead
0: into some essential
1: oils. So anything that causes pain, causes discomfort, causes problems in the organs, just take it away. Just change the diet, remove the casein in the milk, remove the gluten, which is in wheat. She said, if you're putting junk in, you're going to get junk out. So you you need to take away the junk food and the sugar. She she is a mama. She is a very firm mama. Um, I should also add a very loving mama. It was very sweet to watch her son and her daughter help with the presentation and help passing around the oils that day. Um, but she believes that if you have this stuff in the house, that's what your kids are going to eat. If your kids have sensory issues and they just want to eat french fries all day long, She said, if that's what you give them, that's what they're going to eat. So if you don't want them eating french fries or chicken nuggets, then don't let them have it. So um, she said to remember that the good fats are coconut, olive, and avocado oils. So please stay away from margarine. Remember, that is one molecule away from plastic.
0: Go Google it. It is. Stay away from corn oil, Wesson, and canola oil. Stay away from
1: food dyes. Um, my son, who was vaccine injured, literally, if he had red 40, within minutes, you would see his eyes glaze over, and then he would literally turn into a wild animal. He could destroy things or injure people around him within minutes. And I would have to put Idaho balsam fur, many drops of it, all over his chest. And if I could catch him within minutes, it would take about 20 minutes for him to settle down with this oil. Um, If we were away from home, if he was at a scout activity and he drank some big red soda, man, I was yanking him up from that activity, throwing him in the van and hauling butt home to get my oils because it was just a matter of time before he literally destroyed or injured somebody around him. Um, Dr. McGowan
0: says that yellow is the second worst color. Um, I'm sorry. I'm being distracted by my father-in-law who's in the next room. I'm wondering if I need to go check on him. Um, Artificial
1: sweeteners, bad stuff. They cause pain and inflammation, aspartame and Splenda. We also know MSG. MSG can cause seizures
0: in these children.
1: Um, I have a daughter who's not vaccine injured, but she has MSG-related seizures. Okay, so right slide in this middle row. What are things that help these kids? Um, These kids are all different on the spectrum, so they're going to require different therapies and it's going to have to require a part on the mother, parent, caregiver, whatever, to do a trial and error for each of these kids. Remember to give them their good fats. The brain is fat, and it wants good fats. Whole foods and a wide variety of foods. Now, remember these kids are low in minerals, so Epsom salt baths will remineralize them. She said that if you will add baking soda to an Epsom salt bath, the baking soda helps the body to uptake the Epsom salts. And so she said to do it in equal amounts. Start the child in one-half cup of Epsom salt with one-half cup of baking soda in the beginning, and then you can lead up to two cups of each by the end of the week. Very smart. You'll need to supplement these kids. They're all different, guys. I follow these autism boards all of the time. Some of these kids crave liquid supplements. Some of them you have to use your coffee grinder, grind them up and put it in their food. Um, I saw a YouTube video recently where the moms took the whole capsule, put it in applesauce, and then just let the kid swallow a whole spoonful of applesauce. Just gulp it right down. Um, my upline Kathleen May says, if you could take a big old chunk of a McDonald's hamburger and not chew it completely, and you are swallowing down a big old chunk of hamburger, then you shouldn't have any problems with capsules. So this kid did. She just put the capsule right there in the spoon with a whole bunch of applesauce, and he just swallowed the whole thing down. Um. And then we want to move on to in-living you know, essential oils, but we're going to work on diet right now. Okay, so bottom row, that's page four.
0: The foods that decrease excitatory transmitters are sweet potatoes, carrots, spinach, broccoli, blackstrap molasses, asparagus, Almonds, raspberries, oats,
1: apples, oranges, organic rice. Remember, stay away from your whites, white rice, white flour, white salt. Um, If you don't, then you're going to have some arsenic
0: in your rice. Okay, page five. More things that we can do is increasing um excuse me taking away the foods that are increasing the excitatory uh, neurotransmitters
1: so yeast um this is something new i learned yeast uh, excess yeast manifests as manic giggles (laughs) i love learning the causes because a lot of these moms are really just treating the symptoms And isn't that what we're doing in life anyway when we go to the doctor? Don't we want to find the cause so the symptoms will go away eventually? We're not treating the symptoms forever? Okay. Kombucha and kefir are good for you even though they contain yeast, she said. Uh, Peas, mushrooms, tomatoes, MSG, milk, wheat, And Parmesan. So, we're going to discourage these foods because they increase excitatory neurotransmitters.
0: Okay, the next two slides. Foods that support serotonin production bananas, dates, papayas, sunflower seeds, avocado, walnuts, hazelnuts, cauliflower, and green tea.
1: She wants you to brew the green tea yourself. She doesn't want you to use it from a tea bag.
0: So green tea will support serotonin, dopamine, and endorphins. Wait Drink some water here Okay, the next several slides are about supplements. Fish oil from tuna or calamari. Zinc. Digestive enzymes.
1: She said that um, undigested foods in poop is because the kids don't have enough enzymes. Not enough enzymes in their saliva and the pancreas specifically. If the kid is gassy, they need more enzymes. By the way, if you have a child who's colic, you know, if it does colic, if you will take any of your digestive enzymes, as a breastfeeding mom, colic goes away. In um, my clients, I give them digive. Um We've seen speech return just from simply doing this. Um, we put several drops below the belly button. By the way, if the gut... Is depleted in enzymes, it will rob the brain of enzymes. Your thinking, your metabolic, your heart rate enzymes, it's going to take those and convert them into digestive enzymes. Now, we don't have to have autism to be able to benefit from that information right there. So, if
0: all of us are toxic, guess what?
1: We're already being depleted of enzymes. So, we should all literally 100% of us be supplementing in some way with enzymes. What I love about DIGISE is it will provide the body with a, some degree of enzymes, but it's also going to cause the gut to manufacture what it needs.
0: So we're seeing a huge difference in kids when we started adding DIGISE to their daily protocol. Okay, you need to treat these kids for Candida. Cod liver oil is a good source
1: of vitamin A. She wants these kids who are sick often to get on cod liver oil. Okay, the bottom left slide. A lot of these kids are depleted in their B vitamins, and you can't just give them a B vitamin because the body is missing the enzyme that it needs to convert the B6 into a usable form. So if you give the body a P5P supplement, That is the precursor to B6, and the body actually knows what to do with that. So it'll do the conversion.
0: And B6 supports serotonin. Um, Sliding down where we see the MB12, um,
1: everybody should have a B complex anyway. The nervous system needs a B complex to build and regenerate itself. If you go back to my article on the vagal nerve, you can read more about what the nerve needs, what building blocks it needs to regenerate itself. So, if these kids have a hard time with uh, B12, which is a glutamate receptor blocker, what's a receptor? When you have a brain cell that has like boat docks on it, it's these dots where glutamate can bind to, and that's how they enter the cell. So if you have taken a bunch of B12, those will sit in the boat docks and occupy them so that glutamate cannot go in and occupy that dock. But because these kids have a problem with their B vitamins, if you do an Mb12, then you're providing the methyl donor that is required for them to do that. And she said that there is the, like, sucker pops from revitapop.com.
0: R-E-V-I-T-A pop.com. Okay. And then milk thistle um, calms the neurons in
1: the brain. Remember, there's a lot of excitatory toxins. Toxins that excite the cell to death. Okay, and the last slide on this page is increase, increase the glutathione, the master antioxidant. And the precursors to this are vitamin C and E. And mm-hmm. I'm going to add to that that nature red is very high in vitamin C, very high, more than oranges. Um, a lot of these kids, a lot of my clients, a lot of kids that I'm seeing on the discussion boards, love
0: nature red um my kids love it okay so vitamin c and e together also inhibit the glutamate release i have no idea how to pronounce that n-acetyl cysteine increases the formation
1: of glutathione on the cells and it chelates mercury. So that HG right there is the chemistry sign from mercury. Okay, if you supplement them with alpha lipoic acid, remember not to do it in hypoglycemic kids because it lowers their blood glucose. Um, Flavonoids Take these with meals. They help Um, convert to
0: curcumin, quercetin, and they also lower blood glucose. Page six. are good bacteria. Um, I would really like you guys to go to your essential oil desk reference.
1: Look up your Life 5 supplement. In the index, and every page that talks about Life 5 Oh, my gosh, the stuff that our good bacteria does. It just does so many things. And just real fast, because I know this is already long. But I could not have shrunk a fibroid faster, because I was shrinking it already with Progesin Plus, because fibroid is excess estrogen. But I could not have shrunk it faster without life 5, which is our good bacteria, pro- which is our probiotics. But she wants you to do 100 billion cultures a day. Now, if these are preschool kids or babies, she said anywhere between 40 to 60 billion cultures. So these guys exist in colonies. A lot of them are destroyed um, by the gut already. So if you provide billions more than what they need, than the ones that get killed off, are still leaving many behind that are still going to be beneficial to the gut. She had a um, 10-year-old son with him, with her. And if you were to look at this kid, he would be chunky. He's going to look like an autistic kid, okay? They have problems with methylization. They have problems with detoxification. So all these kids just kind of look chunky. So she compared her own child to what an adult Body should take, which is the hundred billion. If it was a tiny ten-year-old, she said, give them between the forty to sixty billion. Okay. Another thing you can do is give your child great seed extract. It is powerful antioxidant that crosses the blood-brain barrier. Going back to our good fats: real butter, whole milk, raw milk. She said whole milk from the farm. We're not talking about stuff that you would buy at a grocery store. Okay, and then things that we've already talked about. If you want to see Candida and poop issues reduced, give them their probiotics. A lot of parents are opening up that Life 5 capsule and sprinkling it on their food so the kid doesn't even know. they get sensory issues they don't want to swallow. So they just open up this capsule, even though we have learned from young living, don't do that. Now, remember, these colonies need to make it to the intestines safely in order to do a good job. Well, I follow the message boards all the time. We are still seeing parents reporting that opening up and sprinkling it on the food is having some benefit to
0: these kids. Any way that they can get it in, that's the way these parents, that's what they're doing. Okay, finally we get to move on to essential oils. So, top right.
1: Um, Because essential oils can literally bypass an already troubled digestive system, they are an awesome treatment. They're an awesome adjunct. Um, Essential oils dramatically increase oxygen perfusion to the brain. So, in the middle row on the left side, any oil that's high in the sesquiterpin is going to deliver extra oxygen to the cell. So remember what Dr. Young teaches us. Susquiterpins are going to take oxygen to the cell, but they're also going to piggyback additional oxygen into the cell. Susquiterpins erase um, and they deprogram faulty codes in the cellular memory. They so go down into that DNA and RNA. And just rewrite the code, guys. Just erase it so that new information can be written. Susquiturpins break down carbon molecules. This is great because we need to separate the metals from our cells. Susquiturpins can cross the blood-brain barrier because the molecules are so teeny tiny. So Dr. McGowan likes to diffuse oils around these kids first if they do fine with an oil, then she wants to apply it topically second. Do that for weeks and weeks and weeks and develop them up to where they can then take the oils internally.
0: Remember, every child on the spectrum is completely different. They're going to share some symptoms
1: and... but they may not always all, or very rare of them, are going to have the same symptoms. So... These parents are always in a state of trial and error. Um, Some kids will react differently than what we expect. Lavender and peace and calming is supposed to calm some of these kids. It's supposed to calm everybody, isn't it? Well, it can be a stimulant in these kids. Um, On the message boards, and I actually got to teach Dr. McGowan this, if that's the case, then you give these kids peppermint or energy. We like to tease that these kids are cross-wired. So you give them the exact opposite. You give them a stimulant like peppermint or energy, and
0: these kids will go right out. Hey, supporting my digestive system with essential oils. Digest, she
1: said excessive histamine. It's like an abdominal migraine. Can you imagine how much pain these kids are in because so many things are
0: impaired? Purification is a digestive support. Peppermint, orange, and minxure red. Essential oils for blood sugar support. It's our bottom right slide. Endoflex, lemongrass, fennel, Heal, Ocatea, and Nature Red. Ocatea has that cinnamon aldehyde in it. Very similar to our cinnamon. Okay, page seven. Essential oils for immune system support. Lemon, frankincense, lemongrass, citronella, essential oils for anxiety, lavender, peace and calming, stress away, valor, vetiver, and bergamot.
1: Now vetiver is supposed to be thick, guys, so don't freak out that it takes forever to come out of the bottle. I actually have a YouTube video that shows you how to make it into a roller bottle, um, which a lot of these parents are using it on the occiput of the neck anyway. That's where the base of the skull sits on top of the neck. That is where the cerebellum is at. Um, That's also where we reach the base of the, kind of an inch deep in there, is where you can access the vagal nerve, too. So if you want to use a roll-on to make it easier, it is thick and sticky, but don't freak out that it's not thin and almost clear like some of the other ones. Essential oils for sleep issues: lavender, peace and calming, stress away. Are we kind of seeing that with anxiety? Same thing with vetiver. Uh, remember that your cedar wood increases melatonin. Cedar wood is also in dream catcher. A
0: lot of these kids who have bad dreams, dream catcher is going to catch it for them. Okay, essential oils for detoxification grapefruit, andoflex, lemon, or lemon with fennel. Essential oils that are antioxidants, frankincense,
1: wintergreen, clove, and melaleuca alternifolia. Now remember, this is Dr. McGowan's slide, and she's got wintergreen on there. Uh, I follow a lot of these boards. I've been doing it for many years. A lot of these parents... Stay away from wintergreen. And some of it they just top, you know, they leave the bottle upright. They don't even tip it at all. And they touch their finger to the orifice reducer. and Whatever teeny tiny amount is on their fingers, and that's what they use for these kids. Um, so I kind of disagree with her on
0: wintergreen. Now, it is an antioxidant oil, but I would not use it with autistic kids. Okay, more water, thank you. Okay, oils that support serotonin. Now look
1: at this list of oils. She said the reason that these oils make us feel good
0: is because they increase serotonin. Valor, peace and calming, frankincense, joy, cedarwood, and vetiver. and our last page, page eight. Okay, essential oils that increase dopamine, peppermint, Valor, Cedarwood, oils that su- uh, support adrenal fatigue, is frankincense,
1: nutmeg, endoflex. Remember to put the nutmeg over the kidneys at bedtime. Um, while I was in massage school is take your hands and make a fist with your thumbs on top. Your hands are about the size of your kidneys. Your hands, your kidneys. The thumb on top represents the adrenals. So if you take your fist and press them into your back with your thumb at the bottom
0: rib, roughly, close enough, that's about where
1: your adrenals are going to be, and you're going to put the nutmeg there. Okay, essential oils that support heavy metal detoxification is coriander, clove, endoflex, helichrysum, and jubiflex. By the way, I had a mom who um, was unable to nurse her child, Muscle tested, figured out that she had toxins in the milk ducts. So she was able to produce, I mean, her breasts were becoming engorged, but the milk was not coming out and the baby was starving. So we were able to dilute clove, put that on her breast, and make sure it was completely dried before we put the baby's face up there. And I don't remember how much time it took, but it was pretty quick. I think within a week, the clove had reduced. The amount of metals that were in her breast, to the point that the milk could now release from the ducts um, out the nipple. That was so amazing to us. After it happened, with that one case, I've been telling all moms to do that. It's it's amazing. Okay, and then she has three slides and give us hints on how to use oils for these kids. Remember that you don't have to buy a whole slew, a whole collection of oils. Wine oil can have many uses, as we saw with the anxiety and the sleep there. Um, she said that if you will put lemon oil, if you'll use it first, remember she likes to do always use distillation, um, the diffuser, I should say. She likes to use the diffuser with these kids then if you do the lemon first, it helps facilitate the absorption of the other oils. Um, she likes to remind us that copaiba magnifies the properties of the other oils that you used first. And she likes the nose access in diffusing oils um, because the nerve, the cranial nerve that's in the nose is the only cranial nerve that has direct access to the brain.
0: Okay, she wants you to use one oil
1: at a time, diffuse it for three or four days straight. Remember, if you're doing things one at a time, you'll be able to see which one is helping or causing more trouble. So if you do one oil in your diffuser for three to four days, that accumulation um, is what's helping the brain. So don't just... Try an oil one time and say it didn't work. Remember, these kids are really toxic. They need slow but steady
0: accumulated effects. Um, you want to start with the feet and then you gauge
1: and record their progress and any reactions. And then the last option
0: is once they've done well with a single, you can move on to a blend. In this last slide here, she
1: says, um, if they tolerate the little swell on the feet, then you can move on to the wrist, and then you can move on to the head. Um, That occiput that we talked about, where it's the base of the skull, that C1, C2, top of the neck, the cerebellum is directly behind there. And we learned from Dr. Purser that this is where we have the lowest amounts of glutathione. And then if you have a child with seizures, any of your high um, susciterpane oils, she likes to use sandalwood. I've used sandalwood on my daughter before. Um, I've used frankincense on my daughter
0: before. So um, remember your high susciterpane oils. If if my daughter
1: started having a seizure and I could go get that oil and put it on the tippy-toes, not the pad, but the brain reflex point is on the tip of the toe, then I could stop a seizure within two minutes. And my daughter would not have the after effects, kind of like that 24 hours of sleeping that they do. She would not have
0: that. Um, It was almost as if she didn't have a seizure at all. It was really amazing. Okay, so this concludes. Dr. McGowan's slides, and TalkShoe has logged me out, hang on just a second. Okay, we're going to go ahead and stop
1: for tonight, stop the recording. You guys are welcome to stay on the call, though, so we can do answer, question and answer session. We've already gone into like an hour and 10 minutes of this. We appreciate your time tonight. And we look forward to our March
0: call uh, for conditions. And check us out on the Ozark um, Facebook
1: page in order to keep track of the dates and times for our future calls. We love you guys, and we're glad that you're a part of our team. And we will see you next month, March, for our next call. Bye, guys.